You are listening to This is Oklahoma, hosted by Mike Hearn, telling stories of Oklahomans and those that have made it their home. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of This is Oklahoma podcast. Mike Hearn here, your host, back with another episode. Excited to share this episode with you today. But before we do, I've got to thank our sponsors. First of all, the Oklahoma Hall of Fame. They've been a huge part of this podcast for the last few years. So the Oklahoma Hall of Fame have been sharing Oklahoma's story through its people since 1927. For more information on the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, go to www.oklahomahof.com. And for daily updates, go to Oklahoma HOF on Instagram and give them a follow. Our other sponsor today is the Chickasaw Nation. Now, the Chickasaw Nation have sponsored pretty much everything in Oklahoma. They're a huge supporter of Oklahoma. And it's an honor to have their name and their brand supporting this podcast. So a huge shout out to Governor Anatoby for supporting this podcast. It really means a lot. Our third sponsor is Diffie Ford Lincoln down in El Reno. Now, this one makes me so happy because these guys are great friends of mine, um, play a lot of golf together. I've bought my cars from them. Do most of my oil changes down there, have a cup of coffee, hang out down in El Reno. It's a good spot to go. And not only are they great friends, but they provide a great service. So for over 60 years, a third generation family owned Oklahoma business down in El Reno. They're also in Bethany as well. So people in the Bethany area know the Diffies really well. But if you're looking for anything new used, um, Ford, Lincoln, or whatever, I'm sure they could find anything you want. Um, check them out, DiffieFord.net, and then on Instagram at DiffieFordLincoln. This episode is presented by the Choctaw Nation. The Choctaw people have a rich history and a bright future. At the Choctaw Cultural Center, you can take part in a story 14,000 years in the making. Stroll through our immersive exhibits portraying Choctaw life from the moment our ancestors emerged from the Nani Wayhai in Mississippian homelands to the Trail of Tears, where we lost so many loved ones, and finally to the modern-day tribe making a positive impact on local communities throughout southeastern Oklahoma. Try your hand at our social dancing and stickball and learn more about our vibrant culture through demonstrations, workshops, and classes. The kids will have a blast in our Luxie Activity Center. The Choctaw Cultural Center is more than a museum. It's a living, breathing experience. Visit ChoctawCulturalCenter.com to plan your visit. This episode is brought to you by Hope is Alive. Hope is Alive exists to radically change the lives of drug addicts, alcoholics, and those who love them. Join us on August 11th at the National Cowboy and Western Heritage Museum for a celebration of hope featuring guest speaker Tim Tebow and musical artist Ben Fuller. Find out more and get your tickets at HIA10.com. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of This is Oklahoma. Mike Hoon here, host, back with another episode down in Durant, Oklahoma today. Uh, again, I love coming down here. It's actually a really nice scenic drive coming down here. A lot of people probably drive from Oklahoma City and think it's two and a half hours. Um, why am I going down there? Well, you might enjoy it. You should come down more. Um, right across the street from the casino, obviously. Great restaurants. Come down to your show. Uh, I think New Kids on the Block are playing soon, maybe? Anyway, saw a giant poster, had a, had a coffee before I came over for my interview today with Mr. Scott Wesley, who is the Senior Director of the Choctaw Cultural Center. Scott, thanks so much for welcoming me down today. Excited to um, do a couple of podcasts down here today and, and see what you guys have going on. Um, obviously, you've got a busy summer. You've had a busy summer. We're right in the middle of it. You have the anniversary coming up. We've just been talking a little bit pre-podcast about the studio you guys are building and, and how you kind of capture elder stories and how people come and tell their stories and, and how valuable that is. Um, people who listen to this podcast will understand um, just the value people telling their stories and, and how this platform is such an easy platform for people to come in, be comfortable, um, 
and just, you know, share their life story. And they might not think it's valuable, but the people listening in 10, 20, 30, 50, however many years time, um, get a lot of value out of it. So excited to hear what you're doing down here. But before we do kind of plan the podcast is, is talk a little bit about you. So what's your origin story? Sure. Well, first Toledo, welcome to the cultural mm-hmm. center. Uh, we are very proud of this facility and all that it stands for. Uh, we're looking at the idea of, uh, establishing our vision of creating an, aver- uh, an immersive experience, uh, where we just try and focus on all the different, uh, senses that, people can experience. And so some of those also deal with audio, such as this podcast, looking at the idea of getting to hear some of those stories from the past. And so that's uh, where we were actually talking about the different elder stories. Uh, we're working on creating a sound studio here at the facility so that we can continue our efforts and record more elder stories or chalked off stories so that we can uh, preserve those into the future. One of my passions uh, that is actually carried over from one of my previous positions over over at the Chetta Foundation. Mm-hmm. Um, but a little bit about me is one of those things where I have to actually go back a couple generations. My grandfather was a full-blood Choctaw who uh, went to a boarding school by the name of Shalako. Uh, as he was uh, growing up, he was a native speaker, and all of that was kind of changed for him while he was at Shalako. Uh, spoke English after he left there, uh, ended up leaving Oklahoma, going over to California. That's actually where uh, my dad was born. Uh, and eventually, after uh, he really became close to his faith, he wanted to become a minister. I moved back here to uh, Oklahoma and raised his kids in the church. But, I mean, no real education for him. Uh, whenever he raised up his children, it wasn't a focus on Native traditions, anything like that. Uh, in fact, his thoughts were, I'm not going to raise my kids to be chalked on, nor would he pass on those traditions because in his mind at that time, it wasn't worth uh, subjecting his kids to that. And so my dad uh, was raised basically not knowing much of his Choctaw heritage, if anything. And so in turn, that means that whenever we were raised, we knew almost even less. Uh, Being a quarter blood Choctaw, it's one of those that, you know, there's always that connection that's there. You know that you're Choctaw, especially here in Oklahoma, but whenever you don't know the traditions, you don't know the traditions. And so growing up, uh, you know, we were exposed to different aspects of it, especially here in Durant with the headquarters being just right around the corner. Uh, but as we went through K through 12, we had some experiences with the chalk donation, not just a ton, but it was whenever I got into college that I started getting to experience it a little bit more. Uh, to give a full image of my life, whenever I first went to college, I was planning on becoming a history teacher, excited about going into Southeastern Oklahoma State University. Uh, but I'll admit, whenever I first got there, I got to a point where it wasn't quite as exciting as I thought it would be. And I ended up kind of getting uh, down about the idea of going to school and eventually just stopped going. Uh, nobody told me about the withdrawal process. So uh, while I was being paid to go to school through scholarships, I ended up uh, failing three of my classes and I got a D in one. I ended up with a 2.51 GPA and ended up failing out of college and trying to figure out what in the world do I do I go from here? Well, uh, one of my teachers from high school took a little bit of compassion on me. She knew that I had an affinity towards multimedia technologies and so brought me in to try and help teach some of our students during some of our broadcasts there and then encouraged me strongly go to OSUIT, uh, Oklahoma State University Institute of Technology. Uh, it was Oak Mulgee back then. 
And so uh, took that leap of faith, went toward the campus and this is the point in time where I have to say that to tell my story, I have to say that God had his fingers all over my story uh, because there's no way that this happens without without him. But in the program that I was signing up into multimedia technologies, that program had already filled up all of its seats. Well, whenever I went toward it, I didn't realize I was being interviewed at the time. Uh his name was Dennis Crouch, actually took me over to admissions and said, I'd like to expand my seats by one uh, and let him in. I had no idea whenever I was touring that I was going to be signing up for school that day, but I put down a down payment and got ready to go to school with a 2.51 GPA. And so I went from having to be uh, basically paid to go to school to having to pay for school. And it, it changes my respect level. So for, uh, Two semesters I paid basically through loans, those different pieces, but then God also started providing. And there was a program here at the Choctaw Nation that actually allowed me to uh, go to a vocational school that would actually help me. Uh, it's called Vocational Development, help me pay for my time at OSUIT. And that was the point in time where uh, my perception towards the Choctaw Nation really started changing versus it just being uh, what can they give me to how they almost saved me. And so it was a blessing at that point in time to kind of continue on throughout my journey. And in multimedia technologies, we ended up getting exposed to video, web design, traditional designs, graphic design, uh, and even 3D designs was kind of being introduced there. Uh, I was blessed to have won a couple of awards in my 3D design work, and I actually got about one interview away from getting to intern over at Pixar through that particular area. But that wasn't God's plan. Uh, after I wasn't able to intern over in that group, he brought me back to the Choctaw Nation. I got to work with a group called Career Development, and I got to redesign a lot of their things back in the late uh, 2000s, before 2010. And I gained a lot of networking connections, a lot of uh, really good friends, truthfully, by the time that that time was over. I graduated. I worked at a radio station shortly after that, and then... Uh, one of my future bosses, her name is Stacy, was talking to my current boss right now, Seth, who they started talking and saying it would be neat if Scott would actually apply for a job here at the Chetta Foundation. Uh, they didn't reach out to me. It would just happen to be a coincidence. I did apply for it. And with the multimedia technologies degree, associate's degree at that, uh, I was accepted into a position to be a scholarship specialist for the Chetta Foundation. Uh, they were just creating the program and nothing had ever been awarded. And so it was my job to actually create that program. And so over the span of about 11 and a half years, we went from that first year awarding about $6,000 to the current year awarding very close to about half a million a year. And so that's something that is just of great pride to me because you got to see other people be blessed just like I was. Uh, one piece that I would note as I was going through that entire process is whenever you're in a group like the Chetta Foundation, you're dealing with incredibly intelligent people getting scholarships, getting to work with the Choctaw Nation and those different connections, your perspective starts to change. Uh, in one of those ways, my perspective changed whenever it came to education. And so 
in that particular avenue of my life, uh, as I started listening to all of these different scholarship applications, it made me excited about the idea of going back to school. After having failed out getting an associate's degree, I was thinking I would never go back to school. This is the peak of my education. Uh, but eventually it encouraged me enough to go back to Southeastern and kind of conquered that uh, demon in my past to where I got a bachelor's degree. In the meantime, on the cultural side, uh, I was getting to work with the Choctaw Nation. There's a dance DVD that's out there. It's in a blue case, but got to record several different traditional Choctaw dances. Uh, that in itself, I never realized how much of an opportunity that would become in my life. But I remember going to a dance practice shortly after that because, you know, you get exposed to it. You want to, you know, experience it for yourself. Well, uh, I remember the chanter at that point in time was trying to remember how one of the dances went. Well, after you edit these things, anybody that works in editing knows that you hear things over and over and over. Uh, they started like, how, did, how does this dance go? I think it was the raccoon dance. And they're like, well, how does that one go? And I'm in the background going, showy da da um showy da da um And all of a sudden they're like, wait, you know the chance? I was like, at least the five or six that I, I recorded. Uh, and so my tenure as a dancer lived for about a month if that, and then I became a channer shortly after that, getting to help out the, uh, the current channer. And so uh, I get to help fill in during that time. Well, in the meantime, there's also different aspects that we, uh, we like to present from a cultural side. And one of those is the Lord's Prayer. Well, I've always been encouraged. Uh, you should learn the Lord's Prayer in Choctaw. You should learn the Lord's Prayer in Choctaw. Well, I started learning it in the background. I didn't tell anybody that I was actually trying to or wanting to. Uh, and then... There was one Labor Day. Seth and I happened to be in the Bertram Bob Chapel up at Tushkahoma. It was one of the very first years that it was going to be used, and we were putting in hymnals that were going to be donated from the Chutta Foundation, and it just felt like the right moment. I was like, you know, I haven't sang this in front of anybody, but inside of this church with the way that it sounds, I, I want to sing this. So I actually sang the Lord's Prayer for the very first time in Choctaw in front of somebody else. Little did I know that the very next day that— uh, Mandy Lawson, and I will use her name absolutely because she's the one that did this to me. But uh, Mandy looked at me standing up on the stage and said, uh, you're up. I was like, what are you talking about? She's like, well, you're going to sing the Lord's Prayer. This is the day. And I, I remember just looking completely flabbergasted. It's one of those moments that I didn't realize how much it would change my life, but it did dramatically. And for those that remember the state of the nation back whenever we had it at Tushkahoma, it was just a full auditorium uh, of people, not to mention those that were sitting on the hills and so many individuals. And I had to sing a song in Choctaw that I literally had the enunciations written down on a piece of paper. And I, I actually don't remember the experience. Uh, I know that it went well because there's a recording of it, but I don't remember it at all. I remember coming to back in the green room and they were like, Oh, you did a good job. I was like, what, what happened? Um, but at that point in time, I actually got to start singing the Lord's Prayer in Choctaw. And it's one of my absolute pleasures because whenever you start looking at what the Lord's Prayer means, it's truly a declaration of war against sin. And it's that argument that we get to have. Well, getting closer to that religious aspect of uh, my life, that's whenever the next aspect of my education started calling. Um, 
I initially started out for my master's going to the University of Oklahoma in leadership. Uh, I went there for one semester, took two classes, and it just it wasn't the right fit. Um, I mean, I, I got two A's in the class. It wasn't that the education was too difficult. It just didn't feel right. And so I ended up not going back in the spring semester. And that spring semester is actually whenever I was called into ministry. And that particular summer is whenever I started going to Grand Canyon University and I eventually got my degree in seminary, Christian studies, and get to, I mean, continue on doing that today where I get to uh, proclaim the name of Jesus and get to uh, love on youth kids and get to encourage them to get to know the same Jesus that I get to serve. Uh, at the same time, inside of the foundation, inside of the Choctaw Nation, we're a faith family culture. So getting to stand up there, sing the Lord's Prayer, get to sing Amazing Grace, get to present my faith along with my work was one of the greatest uh, pleasures that I could ever think of. Uh, just get to stand up there, not only be a representative of the Choctaw Nation, but also be someone of faith. And so that was probably around 2017, 2018 uh, is whenever all of that kind of uh, started going into fruition. And as we Continued on, I ended up going on to a couple mission trips after that, one up into Canada, one down to uh, Rotan, Honduras, where I got to serve and I gained a, a fuller compassion towards people and getting to uh, love on them. But there was always the idea of leadership in my mind. You know, what what do we do with the idea of leadership? How do people identify leadership? And every single person that you talk to described it differently. And to me, that felt like it had to have been Unnormal. Like there should be a constant idea of what leadership is with some different thoughts of this is how I approach it. Well, as 2020 kind of came around, all of a sudden we're all sent home. You know, what do we what do we do with our times? Yes, we're working from home. This is great, but we've got excessive amount of time. And so at that point in time is whenever I started kind of looking around on the Internet and I came across a program at Liberty University called a Doctorate of Strategic Leadership and started going down that path. And this last May is actually whenever I graduated with my doctorate in strategic leadership. Uh, back in March, February is whenever I was encouraged to apply for this position as senior director over the cultural center. And so ended up receiving this position starting in March, graduated in May. And it was one of those things. And the reason why I started so far back as I did is because you have one generation, two generations ago that went to a boarding school, Shalako, encouraged not to go to the Choctaw route, to his grandson now being the leader over the cultural center and having a doctorate degree. And so that is a testimony that is not because of what I've done. If I was the one that was in charge of my life, I'd be the person that failed out of college. But it's whenever you start letting God guide and lead you down the route that you need to, that's when miracles start taking place. And so I can't boast about anything that I do. It has to be through him because otherwise it wouldn't exist. Yeah. And so it's really, truly a pleasure to be in the position that I am today 
to try and lead these amazing individuals that are here uh, at this facility to try and develop that immersive experience uh, using all of the gifts that God has given me, not only through leadership, but through multimedia technologies and nonprofit experience, all of these different pieces that he's been equipping me throughout all of these years to now try and impact this facility that is about to finish up its second year going into its third year. And so that's like the quick summary of who I am. Pretty good job. <laughs> uh, where, I mean, just look, listen to your story. Like it, it, it all, you know, I, I love like the points, right. And it, and it goes back to, you know, yeah, you failed out of college, but there's that one teacher that's like, you know what? You seem like you're like my like technology and, and multimedia studies come over here. And that's just why teachers are so good. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's the ones that care, right. It's the ones that, you know, yes, they, they, there's a, a lot of things that, you know, they do and they don't get paid for. Um, and there's millions of stories out there like yours, but it's, you know, it's so means so much to you when you look back and like, where, where would I, I have no idea where I've been, would have been, right? You know, maybe you, you, you just don't know. And it's great, you know, to just to point out that like, you know, that's that's just the impact that teachers have. And shout out to all the teachers out there for doing, you know, saving kids and saving guys, you know, girls, whoever it is like that. And just, you know, like I said, you have a doctorate degree now, which is incredible. In particular, that teacher, her name is Dawn Hicks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was one of my pleasures that whenever I was actually starting to look towards moving in my education, mm-hmm. uh, she actually came to me and was saying, you know, what is this career development group like? Uh, that group that, you know, brought me in for that internship. Uh Dawn still works inside of that group today. Shortly after, after I got to talk to her about that, she applied for that position is still working with career development today. So it's one of those things where it's such a blessing to be touched by uh, teachers. Mm -hmm. But then whenever you can give back to those same individuals, it just, it changes life. And then you get to pass it on to others. It it truly is just a blessing to be that faith family culture, Uh, family being, I mean, extended as well to your coworkers, to all those that, make an impact in your life yeah two two things that stood out as well you have a love for history mm-hmm. and seems like you can really sing <laughs> where, like, where do those two things come from so history is one of those things uh, i had a teacher back in middle school uh, her name was mrs Britton, and it was one of those that she would just bring history to life uh it was so fascinating the way that she would describe it your mind would almost just gloss over and you would almost picture the way that she would describe these different things. And that always stuck with me uh, because I love getting to hear audio and visual. That's just one of my favorite things. And little did I realize that the idea of having a love for history would lead so much into like multimedia technologies and those different connections that way. But truly, I I think that those two in uh, my life are connected multimedia technologies and history uh, because while History in itself is great. I'm not teaching it, but I get to capture it. And that is such an incredible opportunity to have within my my position. Uh, From a singing standpoint, that uh, very much goes back to my father. Uh, My dad and his... His two brothers, they all three would sing uh, very often along with their their mom and dad. Uh, they're the type that can't read a lick of music, but can play a piano completely by ear, guitar, bass, whatever it might be. Uh, give them about five seconds and they just start playing a song because that's just what they grew up doing. Yeah. And so that... Uh, while I have nowhere close to the talent that he does, uh, that's where my love for it came from. 
yeah, I wish I could do that. <laughs> I, I, I can't read music either, but I also can't pick up a, an instrument. And it's, you know, it's one of the things I'm sure I'll regret it if I don't figure it out at some point, you know, get a, pick up a guitar, pick up a set of drums or whatever. But I think instruments and song, it's such a, I mean, it's such a cool thing to have, right? It's such a, you know, it, it's skill that you have to master. Um, but at the same time, it's, you know, yeah, you can go play a sheet of music and practice that and perfect it. But at the same time, the uniqueness and the just freeing sense of, I'm going to just riff for a little bit, right? I'm just going to sing a little bit and just, however I hear it, that's how I'm going to sing it. And, you know, that, that kind of leads into, like you said, you doing Choctaw Lord's Prayer and, and <laughs> just that moment. And I've had, I'm a golfer, right? So I played, I came here to play golf in college and I've had one moment where you just like, I know that happened. I can't remember a thing that I can't remember in the moment, but you just have that tingling like sense of feeling. You're like, that, I, I know that went really well, but I'm trying to remember it. I'm yeah. trying to go through the motions, yes. right? And you're like, I, because I, it's such an out of body experience and it's hard experience to try and tell people. Like, what do you mean you don't remember it? Like, we have, you're there, it's on video. <laughs> you know what I mean? But um, it's so cool to have those moments and especially to have those moments in front of a lot of people as well. Um, so yeah, that's super special. Uh, so th third year anniversary is coming up, right? Two year anniversary is coming up. Yes. Um, about to go into the third year of the cultural center. Um, tell me a little bit about this place. It's a beautiful building. It's, you know, it's very easy to get to. The driveway is really nice. Uh, yes. You know, it, it's a cool spot. And, and just me walking in the door, you know, I can see I'm like, this is this is a really nice spot. I'm excited to take a look around later. But tell me a little bit about this place for, for people listening that, you know, might be driving through, might be coming to stay at the casino or go to a show or just driving through Durant. Like, why, you know, tell me about this place and then obviously why they should stay. Stop and come in here. The Cultural Center, uh, it, that's such a huge question because there's so many aspects to it. Um, I mean, truthfully, whenever people think about the Cultural Center, the first thing they're going to think about is the permanent exhibit. Mm -hmm. uh, that's going to be the one where they walk through and the exhibit doesn't change. It just tells about our life history going all the way from uh, the mounds to Oklahoma. And so that is, if you're guided, probably close to an hour, hour and a half long tour to be able to go through, get to see all the different videos that are there. Uh, there are live cast from different tribal members that work for the tribe today uh, that are going to be basically kept in there for all time. Uh, you've got the voices of our tribal members that are going to be ringing throughout those halls for all time. Uh, it lists uh, different incidences that take place throughout our history, whether that be uh, the treaties that took place. We look at them from a very academic standpoint. Uh, yes, there have to be emotions that are connected to it because the Trail of Tears would then be connected to it. But there's the uh, win that takes place whenever we get to Oklahoma where uh, we reclaim our education, we reclaim uh, our churches, we get to see Grandma's house there, and we get to see life as it was back whenever we first got to Oklahoma, and then we can look at this facility today to see where we've come from to where we are today. And that is one of the blessings that we have whenever it comes to that permanent exhibit is that you get to see how far life has truly taken us. And you can see God's handprint throughout the entire exhibit 
even looking at the Moundville presentation, so the early on times, you see the idea of the cross being presented in the connection to the different mounds. God has had his hand throughout all of history on our tribe, and that is uh, very apparent whenever you look at some of these different items in the permanent exhibit. Uh, coming up here before too long, and it's one of those things that every single year we have a changing exhibit that uh, will update every single year. Uh, this particular year, so going from uh, our anniversary all the way to March 31st of next year, uh, Bokabaya, which is going to be a temporary exhibit that features uh, basket weaving and river cane. And so that will actually open up here for the anniversary uh, within the next couple of days and will feature tons of artwork from uh, those that are in the reservation, even some that are uh, outside of the reservation, all the way up to Washington, those uh, elders that are willing to loan their baskets to us or even give them to the facility for a permanent collection. Uh, so that will be hosting here before too long. Our curved hallway exhibit, we try to spotlight an artist uh, from the reservation at least once or twice a year. Right now, it's Carol Ayers that's in the hallway. Uh, I've heard that there's a couple of names that are being floated around for the one that'll be coming up after hers gets finished. But it gets to display all of their artwork and all the hard work that they do to expand our culture and contribute. Uh, next month, we will be hosting the Labor Day Art Show. And so all of those that are wanting to enter uh, art pieces for competitive reasons will be hosted over there at Prefunction next to uh, Koichito Theater. Uh, we'll be able to host those different artists to announce who won first, second, and third place. Uh, those are different things that are going on just from an exhibit standpoint, but then you've also got uh, the theater that will host different events throughout the year. Last month, we were able to host the District 9 Princess Pageant. And so we try to host all of those different cultural pieces along with just trying to encourage that Chetta journey that people have because while we have our historical aspect, we are still creating history today. And so how do we get to contribute to the lives today? Uh, other aspects that are here, you would have the Hushy Gifts store that has all different types of uh, medallions or things that are created by our Choctaw artist. Uh, you've also got uh, Chompoli which means delicious in Choctaw, and it very much earns its name. Uh, we like to say it's the best restaurant probably within 50 miles of Durant. It is absolutely incredible. Chef does a fantastic job and is even looking at possibly updating her menu here before too long. Uh, we have our uh, living village on the back side of the facility so that we can host different activities, especially in the spring and the fall, whether that be a traditional garden, if it's demonstration for stickball, We've got our mountain that's back there. Uh, we've got a dancing circle so that people can participate. On the outside of the facility, we have different statues that are going up. It grows a little bit every single year. We gain probably another statue every single year. Uh, on the further side, we've got a competitive stickball field where we've been hosting different competitions and tournaments that have been going on. Uh, next year, we're looking at putting in a concession and some restrooms out there so that we can expand the activities that are out there. Uh, we've also got a practice field so our stickballers can uh, practice and get ready for those tournaments. Uh, we've got a incredible prairie remnant that is outside of our facility. Uh, in truth, it's the largest prairie remnant left in the reservation of the Choctaw Nation of Oklahoma right here on an education facility. So that drive that you were coming up with, that is an area that is literally 
it's from history itself. And it would take years, hundreds of years to recreate it if something ever happened to it. And so this facility in itself has so much potential and so much growth. Uh, yes, in the first two years, we've gotten to accomplish a whole lot, but it, I would I would really recommend coming back over the next five because it's about to expand greatly in all of our efforts through uh, arts, public programming, membership and development, uh, through education, through our collections group, uh, through the restaurant and through the gift store. All of those different things offer opportunities for guests to have a different experience every single time that they come here. Uh, uh, and it's just exciting to have those uh, patrons come in every single time and be excited. Leave, leave with the smile on their face and with a little bit more wisdom about the Choctaw people every single time they leave. That's our goal every single time. Well, and there's so much to do here that you could spend the entire day here and still probably not get through everything. Right. Like you said, there's a one and a half hour immersive experience. You know, there's so many things to do. There's great food here which i am gonna have to have lunch today i hope it's open <laughs> and you know the gift store and everything else and and i know obviously can we touch on it a little earlier is from your multimedia background and, and just storytelling as well and capturing those stories and, and the love of history you know having and i know you're almost done with the studio is just having a place that people can come in and tell their stories as well and i think that's one thing that not everybody does you know it, and i've heard this so many times is you know, go to go to a nursing home, go to speak to your grandparents, like ask them questions. And I don't think we do that enough. And then we, we kind of regret not doing it when they pass. Right. And the one thing that I think, um, you know, Choctaw Nation does and, and other nations as well is, you know, it values the experience, the life experience and just the, the storytelling and the life that the elders have lived just to give back. Right. So it's just having those people and, and, and come in and tell stories. And, and I think a lot of people in society just got the older you get, just like, ah, oh, we don't need you. You're old, you know, like just not get out of the way, but you know, it's just kind of like you'll, you'll be in your house and, and that's sad, right? Cause those people, yes. they get lonely and, and, but they have so much, they've lived so much life and they've seen so much change that their stories are incredible. Yes. And the one thing that, that, you know, people do very well is that when you get those people in front of a camera, you just have to turn the camera on and just say, tell me about yourself. And then you just sit back and like, wow, right? Because they've seen everything. You've always learned something. So I'm interested to hear some of the stories that you, you know, you've know you brought in with your elders and the stories that they've told and the impacts that they have and just the first two years of having you know your cultural center here. Absolutely. Uh, we've actually got an elder scheduled for tomorrow. Uh, she is about 95. So you're talking about somebody that grew up their first 10 years of life during uh, the Great Depression. Mm -hmm. Those are wealth of knowledge that truthfully we have no idea about except for through them. And getting to hear those different perspectives. There are so many different stories that I've gotten to hear throughout the years, which is truly a blessing for me. Uh, some of them that stand out uh one was a preacher for her uh, for her church over in the reservation, and she actually told us about uh, performing an exorcism one time. Fascinating uh, whenever she got to describe that. It also happened to be a stormy day and the door flung open uh, right whenever she was describing it. So that will always be impactful <laughs> for me. Uh, one uh, was a World War II veteran. Uh, while he wasn't at... Uh, Normandy Beach, whenever the invasion was taking place, he actually was there three days later. And 
logistically, it's not like they had time to clean up Normandy Beach within three days. And so the sights that he saw uh, were just incredibly horrific. And it was one of those things that as he would tell the story, he would actually start to shake because he would start to relive it. But then he would tell a joke to bring himself back down just to see that life moment of how he had to cope with what he was burdened with uh, throughout all of life. I think about those types of stories. I think about uh, some that would talk about their parents and how they would grow vegetables and create their own three sisters gardens. Um, I think about those stories that uh, happened over a Wheelock. One of the very first projects that we did almost 10 years ago recording was dealing with Wheelock alumni. And so they would actually tell about their stories at that boarding school uh, and how that was impactful for them. Uh, I remember one of them talking about having two different shoes on whenever they were basically picked up and taken to Wheelock. And so they just had two different shoes on. That was just a memory they had. I mean, it's it's fascinating getting to hear all of these little stories. Uh, in fact, our tribal chaplain right now, Olin Williams, he will talk about whenever he was growing up, how much he related to uh, Martin Luther King Jr., because, I mean, here he is talking about uh, their plight, but at the same time, they're feeling very much similar feelings whenever it comes to this. And so uh, we have probably close to 85 stories captured at this point in time. We're hoping that number is going to just explode whenever we have our facility here uh, and try and connect. But it is we it's not just elders. We, we tend to say elder story recording, but it's Choctaw stories, too. Uh, in fact, I would love to record some younger Choctaws that are maybe in their 20s or their 30s. And then the next generation that takes over for us record those same individuals whenever they're in their 60s and their 70s to see see how life has changed for them. Uh, that's, that would be my goal is just to constantly have that oral history that Choctaw Nation has always done from the beginning of our history to pass it down and connect it. But for future generations, instead of it being something that is passed down, they're getting to hear it from the people that experienced it. Uh, that's the, that's the goal that we have. And Whenever we first started out the storytelling, it was just an audio-based uh, project. Uh, it's actually video at this point in time because we love getting to see the emotions and the connections that people have to these stories. Uh, I remember one, whenever she was uh, singing about one of her hymns, and uh, the hymn itself is translated to Give Me Christ So Also Die. Uh, and it's one of those that is a very strong beautiful hymn that the Choctaw Nation has. At the same time, you could feel the emotion that she was connected to it because that was her roots. That's how it was passed on to her. And her tears just flowed as she sang out this song because it connected her to her ancestors, those that gave so much to let us have what we have today. Uh, that's what the Elder Storytelling Project truly does for us, is that we get to carry on those pieces, and not only do we get to have it, but it can be expanded to the world so that they can see this is the Choctaw Nation. This is how we uh, have been. This is who we are. And this is the gift that God has given us to share. Uh, I absolutely love the Elder Storytelling Project. Uh, and it's one of those that as soon as that story, that sound room is built, we're going to make it go crazy because what better place to record stories than someone that might go through, get to see all these different pieces in the permanent exhibit uh, and get to then come back and talk about 
what their Choctaw story is. And a Choctaw story, it's one of those things that we ask on a scholarship application, too is what is your Choctaw story? It doesn't have to be a book report about uh, the World War One co-talkers. It doesn't have to be uh, about one of the previous chiefs. I mean, it's great if you, you know all that information, but your Choctaw story is your story. You know, how, how have you contributed to this world? What has your Choctaw spirit done to make an impact? And that's what we want to know. That's, that's the Choctaw journey today. Uh, and so that's what we try and encourage throughout not only our elders, but the younger individuals, is how do you take that Chetta spirit and share it? How do you love on your neighbors through that spirit that's been passed on to you? Uh, that's what we really try and encourage. Yeah, it's, uh, it. yeah, I mean, I, I can see the passion in your voice. You know, you, like you said, you, you know, God had his hands on you without you knowing, and it, it kind of leads you to a spot where you're at now when you look back and you think, how did I end up here? Right, you never would have dreamed that you'd be. Even if it's not a dream, you just never would have thought. If I just said to you, "Hey, you're going to be executive director of the, you know, Choctaw Cultural Center," you'd be like, "Why would I do that?" Right? You know, back in the day, and now you look where you are, and it's you know, you have a master's, a doctorate, and um, you love what you do every day. Absolutely, which which is you know such a win (laughs) Yes. in the grand scheme of things. Like looking at it and the impact that you can have, and um. Yeah, fantastic. Thanks so much for having me. Um, I really appreciate it. Uh, thanks for hosting us down here. Uh, and um, I'm excited to take a look around. Absolutely. Have some fun. I mean, it's going to be wonderful. And please try out the delicious food. I it's need, amazing. I need to do that. Uh, for people listening, I'll, the link is in the description uh, for the Choctaw Cultural Center. And to go check them out on social media as well. Um, great content coming out and storytelling. So that's where it's at. But people listening, uh, we'll catch you next episode. Cheers. Hope you guys enjoyed that great episode. Thank you so much for listening. As always, huge shout out to our sponsors, the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, sharing Oklahoma story through its people since 1927. For more information on the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, go to www.oklahomahof.com and follow them on Instagram for daily updates at OklahomaHOF. Our other sponsor, the Chickasaw Nation, amazing sponsor they do amazing things for the state and they're always sponsoring something in oklahoma they're a huge supporter of oklahoma and without their support we wouldn't be able to do what we do and our third sponsor is diffie ford lincoln down in el reno now this one makes me so happy because these guys are great friends of mine um play a lot of golf together i've bought my cars from them do most of my oil changes down there, have a cup of coffee, hang out down in El Reno. It's a good spot to go. And not only are they great friends, but they provide a great service. So for over 60 years, a third generation family owned Oklahoma business down in El Reno. They're also in Bethany as well. So people in the Bethany area know the Diffies really well. But if you're looking for anything new used, um, Ford, Lincoln, or whatever, I'm sure they could find anything you want. Um, check them out, diffieford.net, and then on Instagram at diffiefordlincoln. This episode is presented by the Choctaw Nation. The Choctaw people have a rich history and a bright future. At the Choctaw Cultural Center, you can take part in a story 14,000 years in the making. Stroll through our immersive exhibits portraying Choctaw life from the moment our ancestors emerged from the Nani Weha in Mississippian homelands to the Trail of Tears, where we lost so many loved ones, and finally to the modern-day tribe making a positive impact on local communities throughout southeastern Oklahoma. Try your hand at our social dancing and stickball and learn more about our vibrant culture through demonstrations, workshops, and classes. The kids will have a blast in our Luxie Activity Center. 
The Choctaw Cultural Centre is more than a museum. It's a living, breathing experience. Visit ChoctawCulturalCentre.com to plan your visit. This episode is brought to you by Hope is Alive. Hope is Alive exists to radically change the lives of drug addicts, alcoholics, and those who love them. Join us on August 11th at the National Cowboy and Western Heritage Museum for a celebration of hope featuring guest speaker Tim Tebow and musical artist Ben Fuller. Find out more and get your tickets at HIA10.com. Thank you for listening. We are inspired by those around us and hope that you are too. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review so we can keep telling your stories. For more great Oklahoma content, follow This Is Oklahoma on Facebook and Instagram.